Welcome to the Diabetic Mavericks Show, where we explore the uncharted territory of living with diabetes. I'm your host, Krista Brown, a registered dietitian, diabetes expert, and recovering pre-diabetic. Join us as we share stories, insights, and expert advice to empower and inspire fellow diabetics to live life on their own terms. Let's break the mold and embrace our uniqueness as Mavericks in the diabetic community. Hey there, my fellow diabetic Mavericks. For today, I am going to be talking about Ozempic, type 2 diabetes, and weight loss. What do you need to know about this medication? You see, there has been quite a bit in the news between medication shortages and weight regain after taking this medication. The biggest question remains, will the results stay the same after taking the drug? What is actually true? What does some of the research say? And what have been some of the professional observations in using this medication? The New York Times just wrote a piece Uh, right in February of 2023, talking about how one individual lost 20 pounds in six months of taking this medication. Their primary reason was to manage their pre-diabetes and their A1C level, but they had to discontinue it due to not-so-fun side effects of being nauseous all the time. But within two months, this individual gained the weight back. In my practice, I've seen major positives with this medication, such as blood sugar control and weight loss, but I too am seeing and hearing the same results with surges in cravings and weight regain when coming off the medication. So in this episode, we will be discussing Ozempic, the research behind it, type 2 diabetes, blood sugar control, weight loss, and weighing in the options for someone living with type 2 diabetes and what Ozempic means for you if you and your doctor decide to go on it. So what is Ozempic? It is a medication used to manage blood sugar levels in individuals with type 2 diabetes, and it falls in a class of medications called a semiagglutide, or you will also see capital GTP-1RA, which stands for this big fancy phrase. Recently, it has been used off-label for weight loss, but it's really meant for those living with type 2 diabetes to manage their blood sugar and have A1C, which is the three-month average above recommended target. And just for a point of reference, listeners, the American Diabetes Association classifies this that if you are if your fasting blood sugar is above 126 milligrams per deciliter with blood sugars 2 hours after meal at 140 to 199 that is also an A1C above 7 that is considered an increased risk of type 2 diabetes now what this medication does is it helps people specifically with type 2 diabetes keep their blood sugar levels under control and how it does it is by making the body release more insulin, which helps to lower blood sugar, and by decreasing the production of a hormone called glucagon that raises blood sugar. What makes Ozempic stand out from other diabetes medications is that it can also potentially help people lose weight. 
A study conducted by the New England Journal of Medicine placed people in two random groups and no one knew who was getting what. This includes the scientists administering this injection. So one group was randomized into the quote-unquote water pill injection or the semi-agglutide. Participants did receive individual counseling sessions every four weeks to help them adhere to a reduced calorie diet. So they were placed really on a bit of a routine as well as physical activity. So a 500 calorie deficit and 150 minutes per week of physical activity, such as walking. Those who were on the medication after 68 weeks lost an average of 14.9% of their body weight versus the placebo or the water pill group with a 2.4% of their body weight lost. What I would really like to see here was a continuation of this very study to see what happens to these groups when they come off the medication. Unfortunately, that was not included in the study. So the next question is probably what is causing the weight loss? Weight loss with a semiagglutide stems from a reduction in energy intake owing to the decrease in appetite, which is thought to result from direct and indirect effects on the brain. Basically, your brain's telling you you're not hungry. When you're not hungry, you're not eating, and therefore you have a reduction in appetite, calories, and now weight, including more normalized blood sugar levels. So what are some of the side effects to a Zimpic? One of the most common is that there is a major reduction in hunger. That's the one I hear so often. The reason is because the medication is literally slowing down the way your body is absorbing the food. This is where you'll see your blood sugar starting to normalize because it's acting as a release regulator, so to speak. It prevents a floodgate of sugar to rise into the body and spike your blood sugar. That sugar spike is also loosely coined as a hormonal imbalance because it can disrupt energy levels, sleeping patterns, and even your body's ability to utilize and store this energy appropriately. Another side effect I see is that when individuals experience favorable results like blood sugar decrease, weight loss, and feeling good, they actually stop seeing the help and working with the professionals, which is a big mistake. Look, I get it, and this may sound controversial, but I encourage you to continue seeking and seeing your endocrinologist, dietitian, physical therapist, psychologist, and any other healthcare practitioner necessary because the medication alone will get you to the initial weight loss, but what about the maintenance piece? Yes, I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger because we're going to talk about that one later. Now, on a more medical side note, mild acute pancreatitis was reported in three patients in the semiagglutide group. One already had a history of it, and the other two had gallstones. There's also a gallbladder-related disorder. Mostly gallstones were reported in 2.6% and 1.2% of participants in the semiagglutide and placebo group. What are the advantages to Ozempic and how does it help somebody with type 2 diabetes? Number one is that this drug is glucose dependent. That means when there is glucose or sugar present in the blood, Ozempic acts on it to signal our pancreas to release more insulin. This also means that 
if there is not enough glucose present, it does not single signal the pancreas to release insulin, which means hypoglycemia or very low blood sugar events will not take place. Unless you're taking other medications like insulin, this medication does not typically cause hypoglycemia. The second advantage is it promotes weight loss. However, the mechanism of action is not completely understood other than it works with the satiety hormones that make you not want to eat within our central nervous system. And just to mention, this mechanism of action has been studied in mice mostly, where they use exenatide, another form of a semiagglutide. So it would be nice to see what happens with humans here. Finally, it delays gastric emptying. Rather, it literally slows down how the food leaves your stomach. That is what causes you to be full and what might contribute to some of the nausea. Now, what happens when you come off Ozempic? This one is big, and it has been a huge question because it's been in the news. And what I've been seeing is that these individuals are gaining their weight back. But again, let's go into the research. And the research I'm just getting ready to mention, Novo Nordisk, who does make this medication, did fund this study. So... I do want to make a mention of that, that a conflict of interest is possible, but the results are worth mentioning. So they took a large population, 1,961 adults to be exact, with BMIs greater than 30 and with at least one weight-related comorbidity, such as hypertension, dyslipidemia, obstructive sleep apnea, cardiovascular disease, and a history of one self-reported unsuccessful dietary effort to lose weight. Those who were diagnosed with type 1 or type 2 diabetes were excluded from this study, but they did include those living with prediabetes. These individuals were again randomized into two groups for once a week injections of a semiglutide or the placebo slash water pill with a lifestyle intervention consisting of counseling every four weeks, and they were on a 500-calorie deficit for the next 68 weeks. Then they came off the injection and placebo with an observational extension phase, meaning the scientists were like, let's see what happens to these people after 68 weeks while they take nothing. They were observed at 75, 80, 104, and 120 weeks because they wanted to see a true real-life setting. Those in the semiagglutide group had an average weight loss of 17.3%. So if you had a 240-pound individual, they lost 40 pounds. They also had improvements in A1C, cholesterol, HDL, LDL, and triglycerides. The placebo group lost 2% of their weight, which would be a 5-pound weight loss for 240-pound individual, but still had some improvements in cardiometabolic profiles. Clearly, we do see here that the medication works. However, after one year of semiagglutide, 2.4 milligram injections and lifestyle interventions, two-thirds of their prior weight loss was gained back. So do you have to accept this? I really think we need to accept that there are a variety of factors to consider here, and it all stems from taking an individual approach to diabetes management Living with type 2 diabetes and having your weight reduced by a minimum of 10% certainly helps risks associated with heart disease 
and with blood sugar management. And quite frankly, medical practitioners want to even see 15% weight loss to just simply reduce the likelihood of those comorbidity outcomes. You may be wondering if you need to stay on the medication forever to keep the weight off. (laughs) Therefore, there was another set of research done where everyone received a semiagglutide for 20 weeks. Then they were all randomized into the water pill or water injection or semiagglutide for an additional 48 weeks. All subjects at 20 weeks lost about 10.6 pounds, 10.6% of their weight. Those who continued for the 48 weeks lost an additional 7.9%. Those who stopped regained 6.9% of their weight. Therefore, at the end of the total 68 weeks, 18.5% weight was lost in the semiagglutide group and 3.7% in the placebo group. The head researcher, Dominica Rubino, who conducted this study, stated herself in an interview, weight regulation is incredibly complicated. It's complicated physiology, and there's all kinds of hormonal impact that drives regain, which is what most people experience when they go on a dietary intervention and come back on their calories. So what the medication does is it actually signals back to the brain, I'm not as hungry. I don't have these cravings. And it actually allows you to get to a much lower weight and improve those comorbidities. My biggest takeaway, me, Krista Brown, from the study is are scientists identifying or even recognizing why these individuals had intense cravings in the first place? There are a ton of physiological and emotional reasons why there was weight to regain. I keep hearing and seeing this because cravings came back, the movement stopped, the stress of living has made them eat more. So what are the key takeaways of weight loss, diabetes, and Ozempic by a registered dietitian? My patients respond exceptionally well to these weight loss medications, but the one thing I reinforce is you need to be working with a registered dietitian a licensed, and or a licensed therapist and or the appropriate doctor to ensure that if there is a history of disordered eating patterns, dieting, hormone replacement therapy, insulin resistance, and even just a stressful, overwhelming lifestyle. Seeking help and treatment in these areas can quite potentially help the other pieces to this puzzle. Another thing, quite bluntly, Ozempic slows everything down. This means a natural reduction in calorie intake, blood sugar stabilization, and ultimate weight loss. Think of your body as a car. Cars need regular unleaded gas to run. Some run even better with premium fuel. They get excellent gas mileage, less wear and tear on the pistons igniting it and actually helping to keep the the crud off of all of the joints. Well, what if you watered down that gas? The pistons would not ignite properly. Sludge will find its way in the joints and your car will ultimately work, I guess. But you'll need to replace quite a few parts more frequently and the gas mileage will be horrendous. That is our bodies. That premium unleaded is all of our hormones working harmoniously with each other. That's the complicated physiology part that is so individualized. And if we are not only fueling ourselves, but also how are we treating our bodies with movement? How are we treating our minds with lifestyle factors? Are we, are we doing the best that we can in that area? 
If at all possible, intervention needs to happen before going on the medication. If you are someone who has high levels of stress, disordered eating patterns, poor sleeping habits, emotional barriers with eating, body image, and lifestyle complications, let this be a clear sign that finding the healthcare team to help you is absolutely essential. Now, of course, if your blood sugar is at a dangerously high level, this is not me saying don't take medication. What I'm saying is you can't just take medication alone. If you have more data leading into taking the medication, you may be able to stop or severely reduce the weight regain after coming off the medication, if appropriate. There does, not, there does need to be more research isolating a person's history and cross-analyzing it with the medication in regards to their typical lifestyle, which can include intake, physical activity, a variety of stress factors, and even eating habits. And I want to see more body composition tracking. Just because people are eating less and losing weight doesn't mean it's the right weight being lost. What about muscle preservation during these periods of calorie reduction due to the side effects of the medication? It was noted in one of the studies that visceral fat, the stuff we really do want to get rid of, was reduced, but so was also the muscle. That is a red flag for me. Muscle is your metabolism. That is what helps keep the unwanted fat and weight off. If that is reduced, it just may be a wonder why the weight is coming back on top of removing the medication because you lost muscle. That's your basal metabolic rate. That is what is necessary for um, burning off the excess calories. Another red flag is making a recommendation to stay on the medication when other factors have not been explored or investigated. Now, this may be because we simply do not understand or even have researched those factors. And we just need people to lose more than 10% to improve their symptoms. So why not just keep somebody on a medication if that helps them? What I'm challenging is if we exhausted all options for the patient, for us, emotionally and physically. My patients would definitely be chuckling here because I'm always telling them, when you come off or when the dose is lowered, expect cravings to come back, expect weight to plateau or jump up a little. And if you are continuing to skip meals and not strengthening your muscles with some form of movement, whether Pilates, walking, bike riding, if your sleep patterns are still all over the place, stress plays an imminent part in your life, it is not going to help this trajectory. My challenge to you is this, medication is not bad and it certainly is life-saving. But what if you were able to manage your type 2 diabetes with a lower dose of the medication? What if you were given options? What if you didn't need the medication after you fine-tuned your lifestyle to where your blood sugar and weight worked for you? That's true freedom and certainly a maverick way of living. I would love to hear your thoughts on the conversation and hope you found this podcast inspirational so that you can make decisions that help you to feel empowered. Please follow, like, share with someone you know who is on Ozempic and needs a little encouragement on their diabetes journey. And again, the purpose of this episode was designed to give you the research, allow you to make a decision, 
and allow you to figure out some of the extra stuff that may be part of your unique puzzle in weight loss, in diabetes management. I hope you enjoyed and I cannot wait to release more episodes to you.